Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the senior pastor at Chilton Church. We hope all our messages will help you connect more fully with God's love, grow as his follower, and share his hope with those around you. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, it is so wonderful to be with you all this morning, uh, and a very special welcome uh, to anyone who's perhaps with us for the first time. My name is Jason. Uh, I'm the pastor at Chilton Church, uh, which today is meeting in Devonshire Primary School, and I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone that's, th- that's been here to help with the setup. Uh, so those of you who are here, and some of the people will be out in the other venues already, uh, but many people who've been here for four and a half hours already um, doing the setup and the prep in order to make this a space that we can use. Uh, I want to really thank the school uh, for letting us be here uh, and just trust uh, that we would be able to be a blessing to them uh, and leave almost a blessing over the next couple of weeks as we meet here the next two weeks, um, just that we would be a blessing to the school uh, and that this would be a real uh, blessing for us as we are here. So welcome uh, from me. It's great to be together. It's great uh, to be able to be going into week two uh, of the series that we started last week. And so if you want to pop the slides up, John, that would be great. Um, And so we are in Mark chapter four and going to be reading from verse 35. If you have Bibles with you or your phones with you, I think we have Signal in here so you can access your Bible apps uh, if you need to do that. uh, Or if you've brought a paper Bible with you that you can scribble on and highlight even better. Um, Okay, so we are in Mark chapter 4, going to read from verse 35. And and this account that we're looking at uh, over the next couple of weeks, um, just this amazing moment that the disciples have with Jesus. And it's maybe not the kind of moment they would want to have wanted to have. Uh, It's not the experience that they would have been thinking, this is great. We want to go into an environment where we think we're going to die. You know, that's not the kind of things, you know, if, if we were to say, you know, before we were coming to meet in this new venue, just want to say, everyone, this is going to be fantastic. Come along to church. We're not sure if we're going to make it out alive, um, but, but we're trusting that we're going to meet with God. I, I'm not sure if we would have had such a fantastic turnout, okay, because we don't tend to just want to put ourselves in positions of real risk. And yet this is a, at a time where we see the disciples connecting with God, having something of the nature of God. God revealed in an environment that was actually really challenging, an environment that was really challenging. And so I said last week that in the midst of the storm that the disciples experience, uh, that there are three aspects of who Jesus is that are both revealed and tested for the disciples. Uh, we, we saw last week the wisdom of Jesus and why it's so important for us to follow him. Uh, We're looking this week at Jesus' love and compassion for people and how that was challenged and tested. And then next week, we're going to be looking at the significance of Jesus' power and authority and why it's so significant for us to be aware of that and learning to walk and live and do ministry in light of it. Okay, so we want to look at the wisdom of Jesus and see the wisdom of Jesus even as we end up in environments that perhaps we wouldn't anticipate and expect, like a primary school because we're having to do some unexpected things uh, back at the church. Look at the love of Jesus towards us 
and then the power of Jesus in the midst of doing uh, ministry together. Okay, so some of you have got your Bibles out. That's great. I don't have a screen to be able to recognize if we're in the right space. So if I have to look behind me a bit more than normal, uh, then a bit of grace would be great. So here we go. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. If it looks like I'm on the wrong slide and I haven't pressed the button, just someone wave at me. All right, and we'll, we'll get up to speed. Okay, verse 35. That day when evening came, He said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And last week we looked at how some of the commands that Jesus gives us can be so simple, so straightforward. Extend the inside of the church and take the wall down. What a simple thing to say. And yet so many complex things that come out of it. Uh, Like meeting now at a school today. Jason, take the family to another country and do ministry there. What a simple thing to say. Take the boat with me to the other side of the lake. Okay. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care? We're about to drown. And we said last week how, you know, if you're on a plane and you're going through some turbulence and there are some people who are there uh, who are with you and they start to panic, you can kind of put it down to, well, that maybe they're just afraid of flying. But when the cabin crew and the captain and the co-pilot are screaming and panicking, then you know you've got a real problem. So when the seasoned sailors and fishermen who've done this their whole life are crying out to Jesus and saying, we're going to die, that's when you know the storm is really intense. Okay, verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet. Be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And then they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? And we said last week this question that the disciples asked, Who is this? Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him is one of the most important questions that we can ever wrestle with in our lives. Who was Jesus? Who was he really? Was he really who he claimed to be or not? Does he really deserve our allegiance and our devotion and to follow him in the simple things he calls us to do, even though they might inspire great challenge in our lives? Who is this? This week, the question that we're going to ask is, is this Jesus loving and compassionate? Does God really care? Does he really care about me? And because it's one thing to believe that Jesus is God. It's another thing to believe that he loves the world. It's something totally different to believe he loves me and for you to believe that he loves you. Because our heart cry Here we go. Our heart cry is understandably, in the midst of challenge and difficulty, our heart cry is understandably, God, don't you care about what I am facing 
in my life? Are you aware of it? Do you see it? Are you just sleeping? I think the hardest emotional moment of my life was sitting in the doctor's rooms and being told that our daughter was not going to live and that she was not compatible with life. That was the phrase that they used. And I think we all have stories, don't we? We all have stories of personal loss and challenge and storm. Perhaps people that we've loved that we've lost. Life dreams that we've lost. Hopes, expectations. Perhaps for you right now, it's enduring intense work pressure or relational difficulties, marital difficulties, um, problems with our children, stress, anxiety. There are different storms that each of us right now may be having to weather. Jesus said, in this world, we will have trouble. How many of you think he was telling the truth when he said that? Okay. In this world, you will have trouble. But he goes on to say, take heart, I have overcome the world. But in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the testing, when the waves are breaking over the boat and you think you are going to sink, and it looks like Jesus is not even aware of what is going on, this question can ring out in our hearts. Don't you care? Why are you not acting? Why did you not act when I asked you to? And I think um, when it comes to experiencing the kindness of God, the love of God, one of the things that's been so important for me to learn, and there's a big faith component to this, and, and we'll come at the question that Jesus asked the disciples next week. The first two, two weeks have been the questions that they ask. Next week, we look at the question that he asked of us. Okay, uh, but, but there, So there is a big faith component to what I'm about to say. But what I've come to learn is that in the midst of and in the tension between the wisdom of God as he leads us, sometimes leads us even into storms, and the brokenness and challenge and difficulty of this world that is so full of sin and suffering and evil, in the tension of those things, the wisdom of God, the challenge of this world, we see that the love of God is not always evidenced by keeping us from hardship. The love of God is not always evidenced by keeping us from hardships. Often, it's in the midst of the hardships that we experience most profoundly and powerfully and intimately the tenderness of God's kindness towards us as people. Nikki and I celebrated our 16-year anniversary on Friday, which was very special. Thank you for the claps. Um, and over those years, so many of the moments when I have really powerfully experienced her love for me have actually been in the times when I have been struggling the most with things that have been going on in my life. Seasons when I have struggled with deep loss and grief or major stress 
at certain things that were going on, wider family challenges and difficulties, times when I felt I was out way beyond the limits and ends of my ability to cope. And it was in those times that her love and affection and compassion and commitment to me were actually most, most valued and experienced. And Paul says it's actually similar in our relationship with God, the way we experience his love in the midst of hardships. In Romans chapter 8, uh, if you're taking notes, you might want to jot these scriptures down. From verse 35 to 39, it says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, or but in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You notice what's so important about this passage. The love of God is not seen as something that keeps us from hardship. The love of God is not something that is seen to keep us from persecution or nakedness. That would have been the shame that the Christians would have experienced as they were persecuted for their faith and stripped naked and tortured in the, in the Roman parties, in, in the stadiums that they would gather people to come and jeer at them for their faith. Praise God that we have been kept from that level of persecution in our land for a very long time. Not death, not persecution, not hardship, not anything that we could face in this world is able to keep us from experiencing the love of God. And the love of God is not proved through keeping us from them. And so whether we experience like the disciples did as they wake Jesus up. And you know, it's absolutely fine to cry out to God and say, Jesus, do you see what I am facing? And articulate to him our need and our challenge and our brokenness and our desperation for him to act and to pray that he would and to trust that he comes through. And so whether we experience like the disciples did, Jesus standing up in the boat must have been just absolutely amazing as he speaks these simple words, be still and rebukes the storm and everything returns to calm. And so there are times we experience the love of God as he intervenes in our circumstances and changes the circumstances around us. And we're going to look next week at how we begin to live with the power and authority of the kingdom of God and at every opportune moment to engage in that way. 
or whether we have experiences like we had as a family, as we prayed for our daughter and nothing changed. And we've all had situations like that where we have been praying and it's not changed. And we do live in the midst of this now and not yet of the kingdom of God, where there is the mystery of the outpouring of the power of the kingdom and the tension of the brokenness of the world that we live in. And yet in both, and I would say perhaps most acutely in the challenge, we are able not just to know that he loves us, but to experience that he loves us in the peace and affection and comfort of the Holy Spirit and the love of God that is poured out into our hearts. In uh, Connect Group, we have been doing the prayer course. I'm not sure how many of you have done the prayer course with Pete Grieg. Um, it was just absolutely fantastic. Um, linked with HTB and the Alpha course, um, Pete Grieg um, started the 24-7 prayer movement, which has been going for years now, and just an amazing wealth of experience of what it is to connect powerfully with God in prayer, seeing God do amazing things, and yet also wrestling with those unanswered prayers that we sometimes have to face. And he has some really wise things to say, I think, about encountering the goodness of God, the love of God, in the midst of unanswered prayer. And so I want to show you a little video clip, just three minutes long, um, and then I'll wrap things up um, shortly after that. But let's cue the video and hope all our technology works in this different venue. Um, I think there's going to be people as well that are kind of sitting in this place of heartbreak because their prayers haven't been answered. I, there are times when it just feels like the way that God answers prayer is, is kind of arbitrary, right? Like he answers some prayers, he doesn't answer some, and, and the ones that are unanswered are ones that, that really matter to us. Yeah, that is such an important question. And in fact, it's so important that we dedicate a whole session to, to, to thinking about unanswered prayer. But let's just, let's just think initially about it now because th this is really personal for all of us. For me, many people will know that, that my wife, Sammy, has been incredibly sick. She still struggles with a chronic illness. And so it's not cheap. It's not easy to say, oh, well, you know, God's your father and he'll just do anything you pray. I wrestle with this myself. And one of the ways I often think about it is the, the, the old metaphor of a, of, a, of a traffic light. Sometimes when we pray, we just get a, a, a green light. It's a yes, it's a miracle very quickly. Sometimes we all know that it can be an amber light. It's like God saying, wait and persevere. It's one of these. And then sometimes it is a red light. And for reasons we don't always understand, God seems to be saying no. And that can be agonizingly painful and th there's loads of things I'd love to say at this point but the one thing I think I need to say right now it, for people watching this who maybe feel like they've hit a red light a no from God with something they're praying about a health issue or um, guidance in some area or financial problems these are the times that you really need to hold on to God's love mm. It's more important than ever before. Don't give up on God's love. Don't, don't doubt God's love when your prayers aren't working. One of the stories I tell in the book is about when Sammy, my wife, was particularly sick and I'd become primary carer for our two very little boys. One was really just a baby. Mm. 
I was struggling. I was finding life incredibly uh, difficult. And then, on top of everything else, Danny got chicken pox. So he's oh, no. covered, his little baby body was covered in those itchy pink spots. And he wasn't sleeping and he was screaming. And I, I, everything in me wanted to explain to him, this isn't what being human feels like. Like, you're going to get better. Mm. And some of my friends had even said... Uh, you get immunity in later life if you have chickenpox. I don't know if that's right or not, but I, I couldn't explain immunity to him. I couldn't explain anything. He couldn't understand English. He, he, his brain wasn't developed enough. But I could hold him. Mm. You know, I, I could pace up and down the landing, just just rocking him to sleep. And I think sometimes we will go through things in life that we just don't understand. We maybe we can't understand, and we'll hurt like hell. Those are the times we can let our Father hold us and love us and comfort us because it is possible to trust even that which we do not understand. Mm. That's what Danny was doing. And so if you're going through a red light experience, a, a, a painful unanswered prayer, those are not the times to push God's love away. Those are the times to lean into God's love even though you don't understand what possible purpose he could have in not answering your prayer. Hmm. So I'm not sure if perhaps some of you are facing things right now and as you reflect on them and as you try to think about them, you just can't understand them. You can't understand why it's worked that way. You can't understand why it is that way. And you are praying. Okay? We need to do what we're going to do next week. So come back next week so you can hear about how to do it. Okay? Which is to pray and to trust and to be alert to and aware of the power of God and to minister in trust that the authority of Jesus is able to transform the situations that we are facing. But if not to transform the situation than to transform us through his love. And in these times, as we maybe are wrestling to not go away from the God that wants to hold us and to strengthen us and to love on us in the midst of the challenge and in the midst of the difficulty. There's a beautiful verse in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, which says this. Oh, did it stop? working? Maybe you could go to it for me. There we go. Brilliant. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5 says, May the Lord direct your heart into the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. And it is such a wonderful prayer that Paul prays for the Thessalonian church. And he says, in the midst of the challenge that you are facing, I am praying that the Lord himself would direct you. It's a bit like when you came in. How many of you didn't know where you were going when you walked in this morning? You kind of see the sign outside. Hopefully that was evident. And maybe the banner. And you walk in the door and you don't know where to go. But then there's this amazing team of welcomers who are just oozing the love of the kingdom of God. And they direct you into the place where you're able to get your cup of coffee and something to eat. And you just get to come and meet with all the other people. And you have been directed into fellowship and into the love of community. And the Lord actually wants to direct our hearts that sometimes can feel lost and at sea into the embrace of Jesus and the Holy Spirit himself. 
that we would know the comfort. There is a paradigm difference between knowing that God loves you and experiencing the love of God for yourself. As Paul also prays uh, that the Holy Spirit is able to come and minister to us such that the love of God is poured out into our hearts. How many of you think we would live life differently if our hearts were full and had the Holy Spirit pour out the love of God into us? how our identity would be different, how the way we, f- we face challenge would be different. We have this expression with our kids. You might have heard me talk about it before, uh, that they have both a love tank and a tickle tank. Okay, And so at night time, when they get cuddles or if they've hurt themselves or whatever it is, and you're giving them a hug and you just say, you know, how's your love tank? Is it full or do you need extra cuddles? You know, and normally at the end of that, once they sort of, you know, you get the exhale <laughs> and they're crying and, they say, and then <sighs> and you get the exhale and you know that they're suddenly okay. And it's a bit like that with us and with God. And sometimes we're all <laughs> and we're breathing up here and then you breathe down here with God and you exhale and you actually feel that. Okay? And then normally once they get to that point, I ask them, how's their tickle tank? You know, and then they get a different kind of, of affection and, and love. And, and the Lord wants to do that with us. He actually wants to do that with us. That we wouldn't just know when we're hurting, Daddy loves me. But when we're hurting, we would experience the love of a father who's actually able to embrace us, hold our hands, lift us up, stand with us, and fight with us in the midst of the storm. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the church and how to connect with us in person or online wherever you are, please visit our website at www.chiltonchurch.org.uk.